Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean. Keith Urban. Jelly Roll. Old Dominion. Lady A. Riley Green. Ashley McBride. Brothers Osborne. Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Up next, Luna Talks with Anna Paulina Luna, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. The left has weaponized social media to control the flow of information. Big tech and the Democrats don't care about free speech. They care about raw power, plain and simple. This is the left's war to silence conservatives. Today, we hear about the counterattack. This is Luna Talks with Anna Paulina. Welcome back, everyone, to this Wednesday's episode of Luna Talks with me, your host, Anna Paulina Luna. As we know, and this is something that I have been discussing as an ongoing future problem that we will have in this country with the authoritarianism that exists among big tech the control of the messaging and of the narrative that they are showing the American people. You know, what's been interesting about especially covering what's happening currently in Afghanistan, and we know that just yesterday on the 30th, one of the last troops left Afghanistan. Meanwhile, they left behind hundreds of Americans, which is something that the United States never had a motto of, nor the military. There's that saying that I still at least believe in, that no man should ever be left behind, or in this case, woman. But, you know, a lot of people are focusing the blame on the administration, which obviously they have a huge factor in all of this, being that Joe Biden is ultimately the commander in chief. Obviously, there's people focusing on the military and the lack of military strategy. But a lot of people are failing to realize that in addition to those factors, there's also a factor of big tech in that they actually convinced the American people that this idea, that this administration was capable of executing the duties in office, which we are now seeing that that's a complete failure. If you take a second to reference some of the headlines that have come out over the last couple of days, mainly the New York Times actually posting an article earlier in the day on August 30th talking about a drone strike and how this was the way that the Biden administration was going to retaliate against the 13 deaths, essentially, or basically implying it. And then you see what comes out later on that evening, finding out that the Biden administration and their military leadership reacted to 
clearly flawed intelligence. And that drone strike actually ended up killing children, seven of them, and a few adults. So 10 were killed in total. And that when you see the interview that was given to the New York Times or the statement that was put out by the family, they thought it was the Taliban, but then they realized that the Americans did it. This is going to be something that forever haunts the administration, only to see then viral footage coming off of none other than the Taliban's Twitter. So I just want to put this in perspective. The president of the United States or the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, does not have a Twitter. Other conservatives do not have Twitter, but the Taliban has a Twitter of which they posted footage on of one of the Blackhawks that, you know, if I were to say this online, they would fact check me and say that Joe Biden didn't gift these to the Taliban. But in retrospect, in hindsight, I don't think that you can chalk it up to anything but that being that the Taliban has now commandeered millions and millions of dollars in equipment. And frankly, it is alarming. But the Taliban nonetheless posts a video of them flying this Blackhawk around Kabul, and they are hanging someone from it. And you see that footage and you realize these people are complete evil. They're not in any way, shape or form someone that you would want to leave Americans with. And honestly, after we left, they started door to door executions. But all of that and the reason why we are able to see it is as a result of social media that's not censored. So Twitter obviously gave the Taliban a platform, obviously created a headache from themselves because on that platform they're posting this footage. Now, let's talk about what they are censoring. There was a letter that was posted to Facebook, actually, and it was by one of the mothers of one of the slain Marines, and it was talking about what had happened during the dignified transfer. Well, shortly thereafter she published this letter, Facebook starts going after her, and Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, started going after her and fact-checking her and telling her that they were going to remove her account. And they also deleted the posting of the open letter that she had posted to Joe Biden. So clearly, they don't want the American people to see or to criticize the fact that this administration was not competent. I can tell you that whatever that mother was feeling, whatever that family was going through, is something that I hope to never, ever have to experience. And that is unfortunately the bond that joins together so many of these gold star families. I did have and actually felt it in my heart to call one of the Marines mothers. And I spoke with her on the phone just yesterday. And I can tell you that that was one of the hardest phone calls I've ever had to make in my life. And that this woman just wanted me to know that ultimately her son was a soldier and that he loved his job. He loved what he did and that he had helped so many people. But why is it that our Gold Star families, why is it that these people in mourning are then facing something that's completely awful, which would be the censorship of their voices after they just lost their children for fighting for the very freedoms in other parts of the world that we are now losing here in our own country. And so with that, I wanted to bring on a special guest today. His name is Jason Miller. Jason Miller is someone who you may have heard about a little bit in the press recently. He started a platform called Getter. And especially with what's happening currently, there's so many people that are saying, okay, what is a platform that we can really come up with that will be a platform that potentially maybe President Trump will end up joining 
where we can ensure that we have the web servers in place to where Amazon can't kick us off. We have the ability for people to be able to download this app from a website. And then it's actually a good app that has good interfacing, right? Like I will give it to Twitter. They have a really good interface. And that's part of the reason why they're so successful is they're very user-friendly. Their platform is, is nice optically. However, behind the scenes, we all know that they're crazy and essentially communist. But the point is, is that Jason Miller realized that there was an opportunity to really grow a platform here. And I'm not trying to sell this to you guys. I'm not getting paid to promote this. I'm genuinely doing this because I believe that for at least our generation and for future generations to come, we really do have to ensure that we have the ability to organize and communicate and at least share differing ideas on these platforms because they're only going to continue to censor us as we get closer and closer towards the 2022 election now, especially. With what we're seeing happening in Afghanistan, I mean, you really do have to be careful about what you're posting. They're fact-checking everything. If you're off by even just a small dollar amount, they will fact-check it. They'll say, you know, instead of 28 billion or 80 billion being lost to the Taliban, maybe it was 15 billion. And they'll still say that, you know, that's disinformation, even though we're talking about billions of dollars here being in the hands of terrorists. The point is, is that we need this to communicate. We saw actually recently tying to Jason Miller, what he's doing, and then also to the importance of social media. Battalion Commander Scheller, who has since now had a video, it's definitely gone viral into the millions of people have now watched this video that he posted, but he wanted accountability. And in uniform, he sat down and he asked for that accountability from his military leadership. He asked for the accountability and why it happened the way that it did with the withdrawal. Why was it that Marines died? Frankly, there needs to be an investigation as to why this withdrawal was so poorly planned and why it was so catastrophic. We want to know answers as to why the Biden administration did not order the destruction of military equipment, sensitive information that honestly may put the United States at risk, not just for a national security perspective, but also too from a military perspective. We've already heard rumors that China's back in with the Taliban and that they are back engineering some of our equipment that was left, but we deserve answers. And if this same Congress can launch investigations for political reasons, we can definitely launch investigations to know the truth as to why we have dead Marines on our hand, to why these people are not going to be spending the next holidays with their family and why it is that these generals are trying to silence the voices of their service members in regards to what's really happening in this country. I can tell you that I'm glad that we have social media now. It's a double-edged sword. But imagine how much information they suppressed in previous wars from the American people. Because now we're able to go, we can find it, people can leak this information online, and we have access to it. But what's really happened in previous wars? And I think that that's something that we're all never going to really know the answer to, other than be thankful that we have some of these platforms that are now standing up, that we can actually share the truth and share information. So without further ado, I will be bringing on Jason Miller. Again, he is the CEO and founder of Getter, also a Trump advisor. We will be right back after this quick break. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Everyone, please give me a warm welcome to Jason Miller, the founder of Getter. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today here on Luna Talks. If you can, real quick, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your platform. Thank you very much for having me uh, to chat today. Uh, so I'm the CEO of Getter, and Getter is the brand new free speech platform where we really fight to protect people's right to free speech, and we oppose cancel culture. That's really the kind of the two founding principles of what we're about. Uh, we think it's a pretty cool technology, longer posts, 777 characters, longer videos, up to three minutes. You can import all of your tweets. And the, our pledge, our promise to you is we're never going to censor or deplatform people for expressing their political beliefs. We think this is a key differential along with the fact we'll never sell or share any of your data. I don't think people realize how much of their data is being sold off by Facebook and Twitter. That'll never happen with Getter. So I think that that's actually a really great point because what we saw is that for the first time, and you have basically connections to the Trump White House, correct? Yes. So I worked for President Trump on both the 2016 and 2020 campaigns, and I worked for President Trump in the post-presidency phase up until June when I came over to take the helm of Getter. And so I remained pretty close with uh, President Trump and, uh, and his team. So basically, I guess leading up into the 2016 election cycle, I think for the first time in U.S. history, we really saw someone that was a candidate for office, obviously became president, but he really used social media. And so for those who might not understand what exactly we're talking about, the ability to, I think, control messaging is what the left has been doing by weaponizing Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, right? And so with what Getter provides as far as a platform is concerned, it's the ability to access information without being censored. How does that play into election cycles and essentially controlling the world superpower, which is the United States of America? Exactly. And you probably described it even better than I can. But uh, when we talk about a a conversation that, say, uh, someone who's running for office or in office has, and it goes through a reporter, it's putting the conversation through an artificial filter. They have to condense that down to maybe somewhere between 400 and 800 words. They're going to take snippets of what you say. They're going to take excerpts, but they're not going to really give necessarily the proper context or intentionally take it out of context. Some of the bad characters President Trump, his real superpower in 2016 was the fact that he's able to bypass the traditional media and talk right to voters. We caught them off guard in 2016, uh, but we definitely did not catch them off guard in 2020. So what they did was we had both big tech and big media collude, not only to decide what stories got coverage, but also what stories didn't get coverage. And this is really a big key. So when we talk about, just take one example, 
the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. And this the scandal wasn't so much. I mean, yes, Hunter had some pictures that not particularly family friendly that I won't share on this uh, podcast. <laughs> um, but his pictures are kind of the embarrassing things. It was about the family grift in the half century of the Biden family making money from selling access to connections. Uh, essentially, a reminder that would have effectively turned Joe Biden into Hillary Clinton, being essentially a swamp creature. Uh, upwards of one sixth of all Biden voters, when surveyed after the election by the Media Resource Center, or excuse me, Media Research Center, said they would have reconsidered their vote for Joe Biden if they knew that he was so entrenched into the grift and the corruption, uh, politically speaking. Uh, that is an example right there. You think about how few votes separated President Trump from Joe Biden. He would have been reelected if that story had not been intentionally shut down. Twitter and Facebook wouldn't allow people to share the New York Post reporting on that story. Uh, there was complete, uh, all the other media outlets completely ignored it. They allowed Adam Schiff to go out there and say it was Russian disinformation. So it's not just pushing a false story. It's also stopping the sharing of a legitimate one. So let's talk about that as far as it plays into what we're seeing now with foreign policy. Clearly, I don't think anyone, I mean, now I'm hearing it from Democrats as well, you know, independents, everyone is saying that what happened in Afghanistan and what is happening in Afghanistan is not necessary, that it didn't have to be done this way and that there was a plan in place and that essentially the Biden White House dropped the ball. And then also to our own military leadership dropped the ball. And now we have dead Americans on our hands. I am wondering why no one is calling out big tech, because as you know, and as you had stated in 2016, in 2020, they really tried and they did essentially control and suppress information from the American people. So much so that you had a large number of Americans that voted for Biden because they thought that he was competent. Clearly, we're seeing that him and his administration is not competent while they've been pushing this critical race theory, all this extreme progressive stuff we are seeing that there was no military strategy. So in your opinion, your platform provides information that could have, in my opinion, avoided the crisis that we're in because the American people have access to the truth. I'm wondering, what are you guys doing with your platform in order to ensure that you won't be taken down by Google or Amazon or whatever it might be? Uh, that's a great question. In fact, I probably get asked this in just about every single interview that we do. And, and quite frankly, any user, uh, there are a number of users that have joined Getter but beforehand. They said, hey, I want to kick the tires. I want to talk to you as the CEO to make sure I'm not wasting my time by investing here. I'll tell you, really, there, there are two main reasons why this isn't going to happen with us. Number one, we do have a robust and proactive moderation strategy, and that is to make sure that we have this right to political free speech, that you're never going to be censored or edited. We have to make sure that we're not going to for example, allow racial or religious epithets uh, to be hurled on the platform. We're not going to allow people to make threats of, uh, say, the physical uh, or doxing kind. Just in the same way, you can't walk into a restaurant and threaten someone physically. You can't do it in the the digital town square, so to speak. And these are this. That's not political free speech. If you're threatening someone's safety and well-being, uh, your free speech rights extend right up to the point where they start to infringe on someone else's rights. Now, obviously, there are always the the gray areas, the gray area. That's where uh, you get some of the, the challenges of debate. But the fact that we do have a moderation strategy from day one, I think is critical. Second point is redundancies. 
And so every step in the process, we have redundancies and backups in place to make sure that we're going to be successful and looking forward. And so every step, every single thing that we built from the aspect of architecture, how we put together this platform is prepared for somebody to come and say, you're not allowed to work with us anymore. Um, some of these things you can answer up front, uh, working with people that you can, other places you need to have backups. Uh, it's something that I've, I spent a lot of time uh, thinking through and working through, uh, but we take it very seriously because when people are going to put that trust and confidence in you, that they, that they want to spend this time on your platform, uh, then you, you have that commitment to make good on it. You know, it's interesting. I'm glad that you guys are doing that because I have noticed with other apps, what these leftists will do is they go and they create bot accounts. They say that there's, you know, radicalization taking place on the platform and that there's racism and all this stuff. Meanwhile, it's them. And then they basically use that as a reason to get these apps deplatformed and thrown off the Apple store. So with what you guys are doing, you're basically ensuring that people actually have access to this platform where you're not going to be censored. And I would even argue where people can organize. I know right now, especially on Facebook, they've shut down movements. I mean, you know, here it is. If you are conservative and you're Republican, you know, you're not a threat. But here they are basically assuming that we're terrorists or at least classifying us as such on the Department of Homeland Security site. And obviously, we're just wanting to make sure that our voices are being heard, obviously not exercising violence. You know, to kind of segue, how important is it for younger voters, especially, you know, my generation? You know, your average voter now here in the United States is what, maybe 60 plus? But for younger people, how important is it for us to actually have a platform to be able to communicate on? Uh, it's huge. And, and by the way, I think you just subtly classified me as one of the olds. So uh, I no. guess the, the, the gray hair in my beard is starting to come through. Uh, but the uh, it's hugely important. And look, my uh, oldest child is 12. And uh, I explained to her quite a bit, especially when I was starting this project, that look, the free speech pendulum swings both ways. It was only about a decade ago, maybe 15 years ago, that really a lot of the free speech debate was over gay rights or over gay marriage. You back another 20, 30 years, uh, particularly around women's rights. Uh, obviously, the women's rights battle have been going on for much longer than that, but in more recent times, uh, it's only about 40, 50 years ago that there were real uh, areas of the United States where African-Americans' rights uh, did not match when it came to free speech. So the pendulum swings all different ways. It affects all different groups of people. We have to protect this speech because you never know. I tell my Democratic friends all the time, hey, the pendulum is going to swing back. It's not going to be too long until you guys realize that your free speech is being uh, censored and shut down by big tech. And you're going to say, hey, Republicans, now we know how you felt. <laughs> uh, and it's but look, free speech is there's a reason why it's the First Amendment, not, you know, uh, further down the list. Exactly. And I can tell you that at least, you know, from someone who's run for office and then switching over to Getter as a platform. And honestly, I initially started using it because I was like, I need to back up, you know, at least like my platform, because I feel like I am going to be poking the bear so much that I'm going to be censored. And obviously here I am censored, <laughs> obviously not on Getter. But, you know, for those people that might not know what it is, it is very interactive. And I like the interface of it because I feel like it's not, you know, the social media ghetto site where I go on and I feel like I'm kind of in like the darker, like region and like part of like grift of society. I actually feel like I'm interacting with people that are like me that obviously share the same beliefs, but also too, I do see some independence sometimes being on that platform and they'll interact. Um, I do want to ask you some more questions about how Getter is going to be able, and I think to really help candidates get elected in the next cycles from here for hopefully years to come, but I have to cut real quick to a quick commercial break. So if everyone will sit with us real quick, we'll be right back after this short break. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. All right, here we are again with Jason Miller, CEO of Getter. Jason, you know, one of the things that I realized that Facebook is doing and that Instagram is doing and that Twitter is doing is they're boosting these very progressive candidates. I think Instagram has added Joe Biden and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to every single new profile that's created on their platform, which is into the billions and honestly, extremely disturbing because I don't want to see Joe Biden's postings. But Getter is a unique platform in that a lot of big name social media personalities that are conservative are on the platform now. And it's honestly getting a lot of traction. But my question for you is for candidates, especially, I mean, is Getter because of the fact that you guys aren't censoring, how unique do you think it will be in order for candidates to be on that platform in these election cycles to come? Well, I think it's going to be hugely important. And on it, quite frankly, it's not even just the U.S. It's around the world. So a lot of folks might not realize, even though we're over 2 million users for the platform, only half of that's in the United States. Half is around the world. In fact, 15% is in Brazil, where I'm going to be traveling next week, along with Don Jr. to go to CPAC Brazil, uh, which will be very fun. I've never been to Brazil, so I'm super excited <laughs> uh, to go. And um, I'm a little, my Portuguese is a little rusty, but uh, I'll do some practice over this next week. Um, but it's uh, we saw this week, Facebook came out and said that they were expanding some of their efforts against quote unquote misinformation around yeah. the world for elections coming up in 2022. Think Hungary, think Brazil, uh, think the Philippines, a uh, number of countries where, so let, let's just make sure that we're clear what we what, uh, misinformation is. What that means is that three billionaires in uh, or specific to Facebook, mainly one billionaire, but three billionaires in Silicon Valley are really dictating our free speech rights, not just for the U.S., but for around the world. So they play political discrimination with deciding, okay, um, it was only a year ago that people were being thrown in digital timeout for daring to say that the virus came from a lab in Wuhan. We saw people Which is being- true. <laughs> A hundred percent true. We saw people put on timeout for their criticism of Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, who's wrong. It depends on how many days in the week there are, but that's how many days of the week he's wrong. Um, we saw people, obviously, with the way they suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop uh, scandal. Uh, we saw the way they completely deplatformed President Trump. And now we have a White House that actually is is bragging and boasting from the, the press podium how they're working with social media companies to in, uh, identify and remove certain social media posts. And if you get kicked off of one platform, you should be kicked off of all of them. So that's really where they're going. But they're uh, as we go into the midterms in the US, we go to the elections around the world, they're going to continue this mission creep, so to speak, of trying to wokeify the entire planet. And so it's not just here in the US we have to worry about the free speech. It's, it's candidates all around the world. 
Yeah, that's actually a really incredible point. You know, I was, and I've said this before in a previous uh, podcast, but the power that these tech giants and these CEOs are exercising now makes them more powerful than any king in US or basically in, in world history because they are controlling information and the outcomes of elections. And I thought that it was very interesting that different places in Africa, and actually, you know, I never thought that the Taliban would call out the administration on the fact that they don't even give their people free speech. But to see that coming from a terrorist organization, um, it's it's really scary. It's so scary. And 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 the worst part is especially as we've seen all this violence over this past week in Afghanistan at the gates of the the Kabul airport. Uh, and by the way, they might uh, say that this is ISIS K, but we know that the Taliban's complicit in this happening. Of course, they're terrorists. The, the, exactly. The fact that these murderous uh, terrorists are on social media. So just be make sure people at home realize this: that the Taliban is on Twitter. President Donald J. Trump is not on Twitter. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Twitter. That is Jack Dorsey. That is the wokeifying. And go on and go back to Savannah that you said a moment ago about the power that big tech has. You know, in my, uh, as you pointed out, uh, you know, back when I was a, a younger person, guys, you know, I used to think that, you know, the Democrats, um, you know, really controlled everything. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've realized, you know what? Democrats don't control everything. Big tech controls everything. Yes. Big tech controls what the media does because they have to jump through the big tech hoops. And the Democrats are essentially just patsies who go along with what big tech wants. And so it's, uh, it's, trust me, it is, it's not Joe Biden and Cricket Hillary and AOC that's really running the show. Uh, it's uh, several billionaires in Silicon Valley. That, ladies and gentlemen, is who really runs the country. So I want to know, and I completely agree, you couldn't have said it any better because these tech companies are essentially controlling information. They're assisting candidates to get elected to office. They're controlling the narrative. And they're convincing people that might not necessarily be capable of independent thought that you know Joe Biden is a competent president when in actuality, we are literally seeing that there is now American blood on his hands and that civilians are being left behind, which was never a motto that the United States ever promoted or the military. It's no man left behind or no woman left behind. And we are at a point in our country where I believe that the American people will forever be left behind if we can't take back this country in the next election cycle and in 2024 with the presidency. You know, my one of my final questions for you is what would Trump have done differently? You obviously have worked with him I think that obviously you're not speaking on his behalf, but you definitely have some insight into who he is as a person. If this situation was taking place with President Trump in Afghanistan, what would he have done differently? Yeah, uh, great question. And I had the opportunity about two weeks ago to sit down with President Trump as all this was coming forward and the violence was starting to um, is realized that uh, Kabul was was falling, that Joe Biden, um, it just his complete disintegration as a leader on the global stage was happening right in front of our eyes. And I asked that exact question to President Trump. He said a couple of things, he said that our plan that we have put together, number one, get all the Americans out. Make sure you get the Americans first. Number two, get the people out who've helped us, who've been loyal to us. Then number three, he said, this is actually something you need to start doing from the beginning. Make sure that you either get the military equipment out or you destroy it so it's inoperable. And he goes, and it's not just so the Taliban use it. He goes, the Russians and the Chinese will be in there in 15 minutes and Iranians picking it apart and figure out what they back can take back there. Exactly. And he said, you, you got to go and do that because here's the thing that people forget is that we've been there for 20 years. It's almost, there's almost an infrastructure there of, I uh, think how many generations of Jeeps or armored Humvees or helicopters have been just in this one country alone uh, since we've had such a, a long running presence. Uh, and so he said, you need to get that out. And then 
while this is all happening, obviously you're not going to start moving everybody out and not have people pick up on what's going on. You got to send the message to the Taliban that if you mess with us as we're withdrawing people and getting people to safety, uh, there are going to be ramifications. And I'm not saying anything that President Trump hasn't said to others. And I'll, so I'll kind of paraphrase the conversation a little bit. He said in his conversation with the Taliban leader that uh, he he made that point very strongly. And the leader said, oh, does that mean that you will drop bombs on us? And the president responded in a pretty forceful way. I won't say what type of uh, bombs uh, that were discussed, <laughs> um, but President Trump made clear that there wouldn't be the deepest cave in Afghanistan that would be able to save um, some of these Taliban members uh, if they tried to interfere with our withdrawing people. Here's the thing. For all of President Trump's success with uh, creating peace, the seven Middle East peace deals, not taking us into any new wars, it's because people knew that he was doing the speak softly and carry a really, really, really big stick so they wouldn't mess with him. Nobody respects Joe Biden, not in Iran, not in China, not with Hamas, uh, attacking Israel, clearly not in Afghanistan, as we've seen this just uh, just uh, is so sickening to, to see the loss of American life, see the loss of Afghan lives. Um, this has just been so disgusting to see uh, it, it right in front of our eyes. Uh, but President Trump had a clear plan, he had a clear vision on how he's going to do it. Um, and uh, it's clear that Joe Biden, you know, I also used to think with Joe Biden, he'd be kind of propped up by kind of the, the radical left, you know, the other crazies, Elizabeth Warrens, Bernie Sanders, the AOCs. Now I don't think anyone's propping them up. And that's, a, I'd kind of hoped or maybe naively somewhat thought that maybe Ron Klain, his chief of staff, or some of the people who had somewhat decent um, uh, reputations would at least kind of be able to keep things running while Joe was waking up at 10 and going to sleep at four. Now I don't think anyone's in charge. No, I think that what the American people are seeing that this man is corrupt and that clearly there is no deep thought and for, frankly, even sympathy or empathy for the American people, because, you know, when you get a knock on your door at three, four o'clock in the morning, you know, from military members saying that your son or daughter has been killed and this guy is going on national television and making comments about, oh, that was, you know, five days ago, four or five days ago. What kind of sociopath is this guy? You know, like, and I think that that's what it really comes down to. People are saying, oh, you know, you shouldn't say that. That's not politically correct. Well, guess where politically correct got us? Nowhere nowhere quickly. And here we are now picking up the pieces and it's going to be left to a lot of us, to people like your daughter, the, the next generation to fix what we have failed to do as a country, I think together to kind of, I guess, provide people with a place and some information on where they can go. How can they download Getter? Absolutely. So you can go to the Apple Play or Apple App Store, um, Getter, G-E-T-T-R, uh, go to getter.com. G-E-T-T-R.com, or you can go to the Google Play Store, download it. Uh, it's available. It'll take about 15, 30 seconds to sign up an account. It's fun. Uh, don't, I'm not just saying that because I'm the CEO, <laughs> um, but go check it out. And you're going to see big names, whether it be Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, Dinesh D'Souza, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, who, by the way, can do a lot more pull-ups than I can. <laughs> Same. Um, it's uh, 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 Gina Carano, Jorge Masvidal. Um, we got, there are some fun people on there. And it's uh, it, there's really this sense of uh, there's this sense of community and it's, uh, it's, you know, I wake up in the morning and I used to dread looking at Twitter, like, oh my gosh, what did the Soros bots, uh, do today? <laughs> and, you know, just with their, the cesspool of attacks, I go in together and there are people making really good, smart points. You know, some of my favorites are, you know, like Raheem Kassam and Jack Basobiak, uh, Steve Bannon's on there. And I love just going through and just, uh, you know, hearing from a lot of great people and we're get people from all around the world. President Bolsonaro from Brazil I love uh, that. is on, uh, 
Um, and so it's a, it's a great place. And, and again, trying to expand it, I want to get people from all ideologies. If you believe in free speech, if you oppose cancel culture, come and check out Getter. So my last question is, I actually just signed up today. I got an email that said you guys are doing a car raffle. How did that happen? <laughs> I yes. signed up for it, by so, the way. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Okay. Well, uh, and obviously I don't have, we have an independent <laughs> auditing firm that's picking it. So Anna, if you, if you win, I had nothing to do with it. You know, <laughs> promise. I'm not um, paying him to say that guys. <laughs> no. So we have a really cool thing we're calling our Get Truckin' Sweepstakes. And you can go to gettruckinsweeps.com and you can sign up. We are giving away a brand new fully loaded F-150 Ford. Oh. Uh, and this thing is so sweet. It's uh, uh, there, you know, no spinners on it. But it's got just about <laughs> everything else that you can imagine. No dice on the mirror. This thing is so fully loaded and pimped out. It is great. One of the things that I absolutely love about this is uh, I want to make social media fun again. I, I think for a lot of people, uh, social media has kind of become this, this depressing place where all you do is fight um, and, you know, people say, you know, super nasty, negative things. And uh, I want to make it fun again. I want to do some fun giveaways. I want to get the attention going to the platform. So I said, you know what, let's go ahead and give away a truck. And uh, we're going to run it through Labor Day. They were going to give it away. And I'm going to roll up Ed McMahon Publishers Clearinghouse style and say, you know, hey, Steve or Bonnie or whoever wins or, you know, Anna, <laughs> here are your keys. These are fully loaded F-150. But go to gettruckinsweeps.com or just go to the getter.com website uh, and create your account. Enter for a chance to win. Uh, like I said, it's a, a, I might not be able to do it overnight, but I do want to make social media fun again. Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much. You guys heard it right here. Jason Miller, CEO of Getter, the new free speech platform, hopefully the one President Trump will be joining. Um, Thank you so much for your time today. We hope to have you back on soon and God bless you for everything you're doing. Thank you so much. Before we go, I want to thank Jason Miller again for a fascinating interview. And I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. To hear more of my episodes and get my weekly newsletter, go to Gingrich360.com slash Anna. And you can also find me on Parlor, Twitter, Facebook, Getter, and Instagram at RealAnnaPaulina. And a special thank you to producer Drew Steele, writer Aaron Klegman, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich360 Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean. Keith Urban. Jelly Roll. Old Dominion. Lady A. Riley Green. Ashley McBride. Brothers Osborne. Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.